This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. As Michigan and many other states liberalize cannabis laws, many of those same states are further restricting access to tobacco. California, Hawaii, Maine, New Jersey, and Oregon have all raised their minimum tobacco sale age to 21. Hundreds of local governments around the country have done the same. And there are many people here in Michigan who say the Mitten State should follow suit. Should we? Joining us now to talk more about this issue is Cliff Douglas. He is the director of the University of Michigan Tobacco Research Network, American Cancer Society Vice President for Tobacco Control and Director of the ACS Tobacco Control Center. Cliff Douglas, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thanks, Stephen. Also with us is State Rep. Abdullah Hamoud, a Democrat from Dearborn who represents Michigan's 15th State House District. He sponsored legislation last term to raise the tobacco age in Michigan to 21. Representative Hamoud, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about this push is uh, it's, it's simultaneous unfolding with the move to liberalize uh, marijuana laws right here in the state of Michigan. Uh, we are moving more and more to say uh, we don't want to criminalize that kind of activity. Uh, talk about the idea of yanking the age uh, of tobacco use to 21. At the same time, we're saying uh, we want to be more permissive with this other kind of drug. Uh, Representative Hamoud, I'll start with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So you know, let me first clarify about the recreational usage of marijuana. I was an advocate for Prop 1, uh, but in no way am I an advocate of the usage of marijuana. And obviously the smoking age that was passed by law is 21. Uh, and I think with uh, with Proposal 1, I think many of the advocates you'll find was that the the benefits of legalizing marijuana far outweighed any consequences. consequences. If we look at usage rates, for example, across racial uh, or ethnic identities, um, it was the same across all races. But the incarceration rates for African Americans uh, was four times that to their white counterparts, uh, and even more so amongst uh, African American men. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it was more of an injustice issue uh, about why we should legalize marijuana. Mm. As it pertains to smoking, you know, it, it, it's just based on the science for why we should raise the age. Uh, 95% of individuals start smoking before the age of 21. And while you're 18, 19, 20, your brain is still developing. And it still, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Professor, uh, it still it increases your likelihood of becoming addicted significantly. And so by hopefully increasing the age to 21, we can avoid uh, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of youth becoming addicted to a very uh, unhealthy substance that is tobacco. Hmm. Uh, Cliff Douglas, uh, prohibition is something we tried with lots of different things in, uh, in our history. Uh, uh, talk about why that works or why you think it will work if you extend it uh, to people who are between the age of 18 and 21 for tobacco. Sure, um, and, and thank you again for having us. Uh, first of all, prohibition uh, is not what this is about. This is about public health regulation. And uh, P- Representative Hamoud has highlighted the importance of uh, addressing marijuana uh, effectively in our state And one thing to note is that what we're proposing uh, generally here and around the country is increasing the minimum age of purchase for tobacco products to 21, which will simply put it in alignment with now marijuana uh, and with alcohol. 
Uh, and it's, it's also reasonable because, you know, many people don't realize that while we've made tremendous progress over, over recent years in reducing smoking prevalence, uh, cigarette smoking remains the leading cause of preventable death in Michigan, as it does nationally and around the world. Mm. And the prediction is that if Michigan were to raise the minimum age to 21 and enforce it effectively, that and, and reduce smoking initiation by kids by just 10%, we would avert more than 17,000 smoking-related deaths uh, in this state. And over time, uh, reduce the number in, of smokers in Michigan by about 200,000. So, you know, the implications are really significant since about half of all long-term smokers die prematurely from smoking, not only costing them 15 or 20 years of life, and depriving their families and friends and coworkers uh, of them being here. But it also costs the states many billions of dollars in health care costs and in lost productivity, including to our Medicaid system, which is uh, really damaged severely uh, by the health care costs related to cigarette smoking. So, so talk about uh, the effectiveness of age limits. There's an age limit on alcohol, for instance, and all of us still know teenagers who drink. Uh, there are there's an already an age limit on tobacco of 18, and I I know uh, people under the age of 18 who who smoke. Are these age limits even effective tools? They have been shown to be effective, uh, particularly if the uh, the system of enforcement is effective. One of the things that I understand Michigan lacks. Uh, for most of the state, at least, is uh, licensure provisions. And we know when retailers uh, face uh, significant consequences for violating the law, such as by the, the possibility uh, of having a license revoked or facing significant civil fines, for example. We're not talking about criminalizing this, but rather dealing with this in a civil uh, fashion. Uh, then it can be effective. And, and we know one of the things that is important about Tobacco 21 is that if you raise the age, raise the age to 21, then you are uh, doing something important to uh, prevent 18-year-olds who are still in high school from obtaining tobacco products legally. And that filters down to the younger uh, high schoolers as well, because high schoolers who are, you know, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, will often obtain their cigarettes from older mm -hmm. students in the school who have legally purchased uh, cigarettes or other tobacco products. So Tobacco 21 addresses that directly. And if I can just add to that, I think more than just the effectiveness of trying to prohibit, you know, uh, those under the age of 20 of obtaining cigarettes, is also changing the culture surrounding the conversation of smoking. Um, that I think it's re-emphasizing uh, what we know now with all the science, all the research, all the data of just how unhealthy, how costly uh, smoking has been to the overall healthcare system, to the overall economy. Um, and I think uh, uh, re-emphasizing and bringing up this conversation again at this day and age is extremely important to change the culture surrounding smoking, that it's not cool to smoke. Uh, uh, Representative Hamoud, I wonder if you can talk about the reaction when you introduced uh, this bill, what did your colleagues say? Yeah, so, uh, you know, you we had bipartisan support. We had Republicans and Democrats both in support uh, of this measure. And again, you know, this is framed as a public health, uh, uh, as a public health uh, legislation. 
Um, you know, and speaking with some of my residents, I think for many, uh, obviously hookah. Hookah is very popular uh, in the Dearborn area, and this would apply um, hopefully to hookah as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I spoke with many business owners who said uh, a great portion of their business is actually not those between the ages of 18 to 21. Um, and so although some said it might hit their businesses, you know, return on investment overall, their bottom line, they still advocated for such because even the business owners uh, who sell tobacco products still believe this to be the right move and uh, benefiting, all, you know, culture and society as a whole. And, and so what was the reason the bill didn't pass? There are many reasons for why the bill didn't pass. Um, you know, it, it's unfortunately for uh, those in leadership, those who, who hold the gavel, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't have that power. Democrats are in the minority. Um, and my Republican counterpart wasn't able to uh, get, get a hearing on the bill. Um, but for those who are in leadership, it's not their top priority to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might see a difference with, a, with our new uh, democratically elected governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer who actually, on the campaign trail, spoke to raising the age as a part of her overall health care plan. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guests are Cliff Douglas, director of the University of Michigan Tobacco Research Network, and State Rep. Abdullah Hamoud, a Democrat from Dearborn who represents Michigan's 15th State House District. We're talking about the idea of raising the legal age for tobacco use from 18, which is what it is now, to 21, which would match it with alcohol and also with the new, uh, newly passed recreational marijuana law. Is that a good idea to try to keep tobacco out of the hands of young people, uh, stop them from starting the habit, which uh, has been proven uh, to be quite lethal over time? Uh, or is this uh, too much fuss about, uh, about regulation? Is this analogous to some sort of uh, prohibition. We've got some uh, comments, some social media comments about this subject. Joanne on Facebook says, as about 80% of us don't smoke, I'm guessing the concern about raising the age is minimal. I'm fine with it being 21. Frederick on Facebook says, raise it to 70. Josh on Facebook says, raise it to 100. Uh, Lon on Facebook says, if you're old enough to vote, Sign your life to the military, go into debt, and be legally emancipated from your parents. You should be old enough to choose to smoke. Uh, we appreciate uh, those comments. Yeah, I, I wonder, uh, Cliff Douglas and State Rep. Uh, Hamoud, if there are pitfalls that you see that that could uh, that could trip this up. Is there? Is there something to worry about with with this kind of uh, this kind of regulation? Well, it, uh, you know, I'll defer to Representative Hamoud to address the political side of the mm-hmm. equation. Uh, but Stephen, you know, right now, and I want to go back to the to the basic facts about what we're trying to uh, ameliorate here. Every year in Michigan, smoking kills about sixteen thousand people. I mean, that's an incredible. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's an incredible number, mm-hmm. given the I think by now universal understanding. That uh, that smoking kills, right? right? Uh, That's right. Given the, the the incredible public service campaigns that that you know discourage people from smoking, mm-hmm. still sixteen thousand people. Yeah, that is an that is a, a extraordinary. That, number. That's exactly right. And Michigan, unfortunately, has a worse record than than uh, the the rest of the country in general. So, uh, ad- adult smoking here as of two thousand seventeen was over nineteen percent, while it was about 
17% nationally, still far too high, but much better than Michigan. And that's costing us lives. It is increasing uh, addiction uh, in this state. So the reality is in addition, and I want to note this, that the Centers for Disease Control recommends that Michigan spend about $110 million a year on our tobacco prevention and cessation efforts. Do you know what we actually do spend? One and a half million dollars a year. And that's a direct correlation to the effectiveness or lack thereof that we unfortunately have in our state when we're trying to prevent, again, the leading preventable cause of death uh, in, in our state. So there are ways to address that. Tobacco 21 is only one tool of multiple tools that we have at our disposal, you know, increasing our smoke-free policies, uh, raising tobacco taxes, which we know has a direct effect mm-hmm. on reducing smoking, particularly by children. Uh, Representative. Yeah, Hamoud. I mean, I guess, you know, uh, thanks you for, thank you for that information. Um, I think from the political perspective, you know, your smoking lobbyists will be upset. Uh, but I can't see uh, another real downfall. I don't understand how advocating for good, pub- good and sound public health policy uh, based on the evidence, based on the data, based on the science um, would be a downfall. I mean, I think just looking at the country as a whole, we know that the direct and indirect cost of smoking cost about $300 billion annually to the healthcare system. Mm. Uh, and that is just astonishing. Mm. Um, and so, uh, you know, here is an opportunity to save lives, to reduce the cost on our healthcare system, which we all know isn't working, um, and to broaden the conversation about the culture regarding smoking. Um, I think it's also important to talk about e-cigarettes. Mm. Uh, we currently do not tax e-cigarettes, and we do have legislation introduced to also tax e-cigarettes. To not, you know, e-cigarettes have been shown as an alternative for those who do smoke. But we also don't want people just picking up their jewel or their, you know, their, their vape or whatever it is and just start smoking uh, with that as well. I think the data is, you know, is, is still being gathered as to also the, the side effects, the harmful health side effects to e-cigarettes as well. Uh, do, do you think that the potential there is that uh, they are lethal as well or uh, even though they might be better or less dangerous than cigarettes themselves? I, I I will probably kick this question back to you, Professor. Uh, if if I had to place my bets, I think we're going to find uh, that the e-cigarettes will be detrimental to your health. Uh, I recall uh, my an aunt of mine who switched over to e-cigs, and when I asked her what what is that she was you know the liquid she was putting in there, and she said, oh, the same thing they have in makeup they're putting this liquid, and so it's obviously a little bit healthier. And I looked at her and I asked her to reevaluate her statement. I said, what part of smoking quote unquote makeup sounds healthy? Hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think you're going to see there's a lot of harmful chemicals in those substances. And, uh, you know, if I had to place my bets, I, I'd say that they were harmful. Well, I have to agree. We, we don't yet know the long-term mm-hmm. data because we haven't had a long-term yet when exactly. it comes to e-cigarette use. But what we do know, based on the current science, and there's a lot of it, and it's growing rapidly, um, is that e-cigarettes are, are certainly less hazardous than mm-hmm. conventional burned tobacco products. Because when you burn anything, if you burn tobacco you produce about 7,000 chemicals, and about 70 of them are known human carcinogens or cancer-causing substances. With these cigarettes, they're not safe. They do contain some harmful chemicals. The greatest concern, I think, at this point is the, the effect they have on kids. Mm-hmm. Because, Stephen, you noted at the outset that I think nicotine uh, can harm brain development, mm-hmm. and it also promotes addiction. Uh, for a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old kid who's experimenting, you know, products like Juul 
have been designed to give them a really substantial nicotine hit. And we don't need kids being addicted to one of the most addictive drugs and something that's going to harm their brain development and also expose them to the possibility of then transitioning down the road to more harmful tobacco products, that being cigarettes and, and hookah and other burn products. Okay, Cliff Douglas, director of the University of Michigan Tobacco Research Network. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks very much. Also, State Rep. Abdullah Hamoud, Democrat from Dearborn, represents Michigan's 15th district. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Uh, and we want to thank associate producer Chris Williams for his help producing this segment. All right. If you missed any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. You can hear it and all other past editions of Detroit Today on the Detroit Today podcast. Download it, subscribe on iTunes or wherever podcasts are available. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.